names? Matt, how old are you? I'm 21. You're 21. How many sermons have you preached? Uh, two. Are you nervous? Uh, a lot. You're a lot nervous. All right. Everybody pray for Matt. He's nervous. He's about to give witness to Jesus. Ready? I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, Matt, God, thank you for the growth. God, I, I know what it's like to be afraid to speak in front of crowds. God, I pray that you would still his heart and still his mind. God, I just thank you that he's willing to do this for us and for your name's sake and for the, for the sake of your kingdom, God. God, give us open minds and open hearts and uh, move our hands and feet to respond to what Matt gives to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. disobedient, 
then God will raise up another person to replace you. He, uh, he's no respecter of persons. And, uh, and, uh, Um, so essentially, Saul, he, uh, he goes through this period of disobedience, uh, a period of shame, and then he has two paths that he can take. Um, throughout the Bible, we see people who uh, they sin, God warns them, and they can either accept the consequences for what they are, serve God with what they have, or they can harden their hearts. Uh, we see this in Genesis chapter 4, starting with Cain, who even after he disobeyed, it wasn't over. Because Honestly, we all deal with disobedience. Uh, so many times in my life, I felt like I wasted years, years of my life, or wasted opportunities. And uh, it's a devastating thing when you think about it, because God has given us so much. And when, when we cast it aside, uh, it's, a, it's a tragedy. But it doesn't end there, because um, you can uh, dwell in that and be unfruitful, or you can take uh, Take the consequences for what they are, be a man, and move on. That's why after Cain sinned, God did not stop with him. He said, he gave him a warning. He said, sin is crouching at your door, and you must master it. Unfortunately, Cain did not heed that warning, and he went on to kill his brother. But that's not always the case. If you look in uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, you see an example of someone who takes, takes the other route. Um, now, Nehemiah, he was a leader of the people of Israel as they were going back into the land. And he leads the whole nation in, in a corporate repentance. And I find it uh, really interesting because Nehemiah, you don't hear a bad word about him in the entire book, but he's repenting, and he's repenting on behalf of the whole nation. Uh, and these are people that spent 70 years in exile. They've come back into the land, and... Uh, it's just, they've gone through so much, and even when they rebuild the temple, it's not the same as before. Uh, but they don't get angry at God. They don't say his punishment isn't just. In uh, Nehemiah 9, verse 33, he says, However, you are just in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully, but we have acted wickedly. And this is uh, a chapter where they're all making a pact to consecrate themselves to the Lord. So you'll notice, um, if you see the big narrative of the Gospel, uh, of the Old Testament, um, the glory days of Israel were with King David. But after King David, and after Saul, at the, near the end of Solomon's reign, things started to go downhill, and Solomon got into sin. And then eventually the kingdom split, and everything got uh, much worse until they were finally brought into exile because of their sin. 
But when they come back after 70 years of punishment, um, they repent. And God honors that repentance. Even though they, they never quite got back to where they were with Solomon and David, God still honored their repentance and Jerusalem was rebuilt. And so when we fall into disobedience and when we neglect uh, the ways of the Lord, it is a serious thing and there are consequences for that. But if you take what you have, if, you, if God gave you ten talents and you wasted nine of them, you, you can still serve God with that one talent. You take what you have, humble yourself before God. You may not be able to do what, what God, had, uh, God had offered you before, but you can still serve Him. We see that also in the difference between Saul and David's repentance. Because honestly, David's sin was arguably just as great as Saul's uh, in the middle of his reign. And uh, when you guys get into later, you'll, you'll get more of the details. But there's a difference between the repentance of Saul and the repentance of David. Because um, David, he accepts his punishment. Uh, and he endures it. And he does, but he doesn't lose his kingship. But he, he, he endures a bunch of hard things in, in his household. But Saul, if you look at verse 2, Samuel said... How can I go when Saul hears of it? He will kill me. And the Lord said, Take after with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. So Samuel, he's afraid that Saul's going to kill him. Now, if, if Saul has been rejected as king, how can he kill him? Well, obviously Samuel knows that Saul is not going to give up his position of kingship. Saul is not going to uh, take his punishment and humbly step down and, uh, and let the Lord choose another king on his behalf. Even though David becomes the main character, main character of this book from this point on, Saul's going to stick around until the end of the book. And so it's not actually Samuel that Saul is going to go after. He's going to be pursuing David. Just like Cain, when he sinned, he went after the one that pleased God. He went after God's chosen one. So Saul is, is taking this path. And so... Uh, you know, God may raise up people, and you should not uh, look at them as, as in, a, in uh, an envious way or an angry way. God will, God will raise up people when uh, we fail, because uh, he, he doesn't need us, and he, he certainly does not need me. Uh, but he will accomplish his purposes. And so, you shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? He said, In peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So Saul, Samuel has very specific instructions to anoint only the one that the Lord chooses. And Samuel has been very strict with instructions with, with Saul. He wouldn't let Saul change anything, when, uh, especially in chapter 13 and, and 15. So Samuel is not supposed to do anything until the Lord chose him what to do. Now when they had entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Now it's the word for think right there is the same word as to say. So he, he just went up, saw this, uh, this handsome tall man and said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But that's not the case, and actually, 
Uh, in verse 7 it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Saul was the choice of the people. He was the tall and handsome one. Uh, and God gave them what, what they wanted. Uh, but he was he fell, he fell as an example for them to see uh, that there was no man that they could trust in that, that would be their king like the Lord. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 8, uh, God tells Samuel, it is not you I have rejected, it is me they have rejected from being king over Israel. So kingship in Israel, according to chapter 8, was a, was a rejection of the Lord. Even though it was, there was instructions about kingship, um, the people crying out for a king was saying God wasn't good enough for them. But when God brings, God's bringing another character on the scene. And David becomes uh, an archetype in, this, in the Bible. He becomes a super important character uh, that will redeem the kingship. And through David's line comes the Messiah who come eventually, uh, as we know him, Jesus Christ. And there's, a, um, there's a couple interesting things here. Uh, one, he says, in verse 1, he says, I'll send you Jesse the Bethlehemite. Bethlehem is in the tribe of Judah. Uh, does anyone know what, what tribe Saul was from? Benjamin. Benjamin. Now, um, even though kingship, uh, in, at least uh, when Israel asked for it, it was a rejection of God, kingship has been a concept in the Bible from a very long time. In Genesis 49, as Jacob, uh, he is Israel, and he has the, the 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of Israel. He blesses his sons. And chapter 49 of Genesis, verse, uh, verse 10, he's, he blesses Judah, starting in verse 8. Judah, your brothers, shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who dares rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Now the scepter is an object that is used by a king. And so you have this theme in the Bible that Judah is going to be the kingly line, just like the tribe of Levi is going to be the priestly line. So the fact that Saul was from Benjamin, things weren't quite right from the very beginning. You notice also that in the same verse, verse 1, he says, Fill your horn with oil and go. Um, how, does anyone remember how Saul was anointed? He was, he was anointed by Samuel as well. But if you look at chapter 10, it says, Samuel took the flask of oil, poured it on his head, kissed him, and said. It's interesting because almost every single king of Israel and Judah was anointed with a horn of oil, a large public horn. But uh, Saul's anointed in secret with, with a vial. Uh, it's, there's no uh, real commentary in the Bible about that, but uh, it's almost like the firstborn king, uh, the firstborn king of Israel, was an example uh, to all the people not not to look uh, on the uh, the likely person. Just like Samuel looked on Eliab, uh, the likely, uh, the handsome one. So, uh, so we're still waiting. We haven't even heard the word 
David uh, in, in this whole narrative, in this whole book so far, but there's, um, he's being expected. Uh, so we go through all the different brothers, chapter, uh, verse 8. Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus, Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, are, are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he's not even mentioned. Like he, Jesse's father thought he wasn't even important enough to be there. But this, this is the one that the Lord has chosen. He doesn't look where everyone else is looking. Um, he looks on the heart, as verse 7 says. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So Samuel finally gets his instruction. Samuel takes the horn, anoints him in the midst of his brothers. He is exalted just as Joseph, the, the young brother, was exalted in front of all, all of his brothers. Responsibilities. Um, 
they don't look for the uh, the handsome and the tall. They look for uh, in uh, Acts chapter six. Acts chapter six, uh, verse three. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word, and the statement found approval of the whole congregation. Mitchell Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's uh, it's a dangerous thing to have leaders who who uh, who rule in, in pride and uh, in their own strength and uh, and who are chosen for for all those tendencies. But when you have a humble leader who will uh, not not worry about uh, his own desires, not uh, not. Uh, do his own thing, but will uh, seek to um, seek to humble himself before the Lord, uh, even in his sin and every even when uh, he sins and all that. Uh, that is a leader that uh, you can trust in. Uh, and David, he uh, like Saul, he starts out great, and like Saul, he sins. Uh, but there's a big difference uh, because David accepts his punishment and he suffers. He suffers so. Uh, deeply about it, but he, uh, you hear about his repentance in Psalm 51, Psalm 101, he talks about how he, he turns from his, his plans to return to the Lord, and so he follows uh, the path of repentance, he, he takes uh, what he has left, he never gets back all the, all the things that God's given him, he lost quite a bit, he lost, uh, he lost his sons, uh, but he died uh, a man of God. And so, the um, whole book of 1 Samuel, near the beginning, there's uh, there's something called Hannah's Song in chapter 2, which you guys went through. Uh, and the whole point of the song is to show that the Lord, he brings down the tall, he brings down the prideful, and he exalts the lowly. And at the end of all that, he says in verse 10 of chapter 2, he said, Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Those who are rebellious in their ways and those who are not speaking. Against them he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge against the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. So he will exalt his king, not the people's king. Saul, even though Saul was chosen by men, he was the king of the people. But now, just as the firstborn was rejected, all throughout Genesis, just as uh, Cain was rejected, Esau was rejected, Ishmael was not the child of promise, and so will Israel's firstborn king be rejected as an example to the nations, uh, not to put their trust in, in the strong and mighty, but to put their trust in the humble, because God will, God will exalt his anointed, not, uh, not the chosen ones of the people. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my thoughts, and uh, it's been very uh, important to me to talk about this subject because I'm I'm someone who's who's grown up under the message of the gospel from my childhood, and I've I've done so little with it. I've uh, I know what it's like to to have so many things given to me and to and just not to use them. But 
God, God doesn't end that birthday. He, uh, he is compassionate. He is just. He will give us uh, our consequences. And but if we accept them, if we move on, then God will. He will be faithful to us uh, if we if we return to Him. And, uh, I know. I know. There's probably many, many out there like me that uh, that are just focused on. Um, focused on the outward appearance of life, but uh, but uh, we must we must learn not to harden our hearts when the Holy Spirit speaks. Uh, don't don't harden your hearts uh, because uh, you can still you can still serve God. I'm going to pray for all of you guys. Uh, dear Lord, uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, and Lord, I, I pray that uh, these people might have understood just uh, just a portion of your word. Uh, though I am not, I'm not by any means uh, great in speech, I pray that your word will have had some impact. Uh, on everyone here. Lord, I pray that uh, we would take what we have. We would um, accept the consequences of our sins, but move on, press on toward the cross, and let others learn from us. Lord, I pray that we would look to the examples of those who have come before us, uh, and that we would not uh, we would not be bitter, we would not be unfruitful, but we would, we would be satisfied with, with what we still have, and we would uh, praise you for your tremendous mercy and your grace. Lord, I ask that uh, you put this on my heart especially, that, uh, that I would uh, look on the heart and that, uh, that you would uh, make each of us uh, a man after your own heart and not uh, one that, uh, that follows the ways of the people. Thank you for listening to this resource from Cell 53, Proclaiming the Kingdom of God for the Sake of the City. For more resources, visit cell53.com.